This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, and this is the H and J Daily with the uh, best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by actor, football, and as you'll discover, tennis fan Jason Isaacs. He's in a very powerful new movie that we mm. chatted about. Um, it was good to chat to him again. Uh, we were joined by Tom Greatrix, big Fulham fan who are scoring goals for fun at the moment. Yep. So uh, we took him forward a few months when they're back in the Premier League and asked him to imagine <laughs> whether they would be quite as free scoring no. then. Um, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? We did, yes. About I, various I things. Analysed Chelsea's current situation yeah, in a way you may not expect. Graham Potter probably won't be downloading the podcast, but anyway, um, <laughs> here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Now, listeners would expect me in the wake of Chelsea's poor run, which it is a poor run, let's yeah. be honest about it, to have a go at them. But I do feel I agree with Tuchel. I'm sorry. But I, I think Chelsea, like it did with Liverpool last year, circumstances have conspired against... They did Liverpool and they have against Chelsea. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, it's not surprising in a game that where you play one team has an extra day to prepare yeah. and has played five games less since Christmas than Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised to see that Brighton were able to press Chelsea for 80 minutes yeah. and Chelsea couldn't respond and don't have the legs at the moment and have had... One team doesn't have the squad depth of the other. No, but... I, I will just play devil's advocate. No, no, I this. get that. I, I but, can't just let you... But just... the squad depth has been decimated, that's number one, by COVID and injuries. Yeah. You know, they players have had to play too many games and so their form has suffered. And also psychologically, they were in the, a great position, now they're in a poor position so that mm. makes it hard. And I just thought that you could see clearly that they just didn't have anything there. You know, they, they just don't have not, the legs. Not they all have, these players have played, played all more the games. games. Chelsea have played more games than anybody else in Europe. Yeah. That's number one. Yeah. They've had no COVID break, which other people have had, mm. which would have made a big difference. They've had to play every game, except for City, who haven't had the injuries Chelsea have had. You know, and, and basically, uh, where I fought Chelsea is, and this is, I, I agree with Chelsea Youth, who's a guy that follows the youth team on Twitter and he knows a lot about it and he's right he, the, to let these players go like Lamptey like Liveramento like Gallagher like Brochure, you know has made no sense at all. Hmm. They should have been given a pathway to the first team. They, uh, he makes the point that Zappacosta played in every game in Chelsea's pre-season. 
Why? Yeah. And then was that could have been Livermento's spot. Yeah. You could you could have done it differently, Mm. and they've let good players go. You know why get in Sal Niguez when Conor Gallagher could have played? Yeah. You know and scored goals. You know, and you can't just ignore the fact that Chilwell and James, they are Chelsea's key players. When Chelsea were playing really well, they were laying on the chances for Lukaku. They scored over 10 goals between them. Yeah. Never mind the assists. You know, it's like Liverpool with Van Dijk. You can't just say, oh, Tuchel's lost the dressing room. They're not happy. Of course they're not happy. They're not happy because they were in a great position. Yeah. Now they're in a poor position. But I promise you, with a break coming up, after the World well, Championship, exactly. they will, in the last 10 games, do what Liverpool did last year, and they will finish top four, they will be third, you know, and I think they will come back. And it's, you know, I've not read any of that in any of the reports. All I hear is how great Brighton were. To be honest, I think Brighton in both games should have won the game. They had every... You couldn't have had more advantage in a games of, fo- games of football than Brighton had in the two games against Chelsea. In the first game, Chelsea had three injury substitutions to make in defence, mm. right? Brighton could make three tactical changes. The last one was Welbeck. He scored the equaliser, right? That Tuchel's hands were completely tied in that game. Last night, as I said, they've played so many. They were so much fresher. They should have won the game. They should have won both games. I, I think Brighton draw far too many games. It's already saying Potter's a genius and he's wonderful. They draw <laughs> too many games. They do. Few things. Not all of those players have played all of the games. I mean, Kante no, had, had a Kante's break. been injured. That's not a break. Is it injured and COVID? That's not a break, is it? When you're well, injured and have COVID, it's not a break. You have to you have to work hard to get fit again. You come back too soon. Then I mean, he had to play him in the in the game against Wolves. That is the one game that should have been called off. Hmm. You know, and 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 talk about players in the red zone. They, him and Kovacic had to play in that game. They they'd been out for about eight weeks. You know, there are reasons why they've gone from beating Juventus four 0 to where they are now. Yeah. And it isn't necessarily the manager's fault. I don't I don't see any manager in the world that could have coped with what Chelsea have had to cope with. Well, I think you make a good point. And like you said about Liverpool, once they do get that break, I mean, you look at the back end of the season when everybody's going to have to catch up. Oh, yeah. They'll so be everybody's playing, going to be playing, playing teams that have played yeah. two or three times in a exactly. week. Exactly. Oh, so yeah. you've got to play the long game. I mean, Absolutely. You know, and you have to sort of suck up the fact that people are getting on their back now because you know what's yeah. going to happen. Um, well, you're pretty certain what's going to happen, but I th- you know, I think you've been a bit tight on Brighton. You look at what you know, what Grandpa has to work with in terms of personnel compared with Chelsea. Yeah, mm. look, they could have won it. They had chances to win it, and yeah. another they could have won the game last night, but they just didn't put them away. It's not they didn't have any attacking intent. They created. Chances. I know they created chances, but they don't take their chances. They've got some very good players, you know. Uh, That's because you know you, their recruitment your, is look, great. Well, look, I know, but look at your. I mean, you, know, you were saying about Cucurella and how, what, yeah, what how impressed, player, yeah. impressed you've been with. You know, him. we've got we've got Aspeta. He should have been sold ages ago. So should Alonso. Mm. Why didn't they buy Lucas Digne and sell Alonso in the summer? Why didn't they do that? It makes no sense at all what they've done. You know, they let Emerson go, who plays for, for Italy. He's a very fantastic fullback, but they kept Alonso. Mm. And Alonso, clearly, he's a defensive liability and he can't cross the ball. Aspilicueta, he's been great for Chelsea, but let's be honest now, he's really, you know, coming to the end of it. Last night, he got into great positions. The crossing was just so... There was no quality from Chelsea. The creative players aren't creating. That's been a problem for yeah. some time. But you've got a lot of them. Yeah, but they're not you've playing well, a lot of Pulisic, Ziyech, Werner. 
Havertz. What's Havertz done this season apart from get COVID twice? Be, but it's obviously affected. You had Lukaku to that. Well, I mean, you know, it's a lot of top it's a lot quality of It's three hundred and ten million pounds worth of talent that you're is, not getting is a misfiring. Now. That's not happening at all. I agree. And you don't? Do you think there's any, you know, responsibility on Tuchel for that? Not really. I mean, they were playing really well. They looked great. Mm. You know, up to that point, people were going to Chelsea, the best team in the world. So yeah. how do you go no, from that right. no, at I the agree. end of November to where you are now? You, you can't ignore. I'm not saying he's, he's been perfect. I think he has made mistakes. All managers make mistakes, you know. But I, I'd hope Chelsea don't, you know, But he shouldn't be under pressure is what well, you're I saying. I hope they don't. I true. hope they're realistic about it, you know, because a lot of the recruit, you could blame Petr Cech, you know, for the recruitment, for what the... Allowing players to go out that, yeah. that they shouldn't have done and not recruiting the right players. Well, it was very entertaining anyway. Um, oh, it was a good game for neutral. There's it no was. question about that. And, you know, th- that's all, all I'd say is, you know, the way people were going on, you think Brighton had won 5 0. They hadn't. You know, they <laughs> I wouldn't drew the expect game. Brighton to beat Chelsea 5 0. Yeah, but if Chelsea had their full and fresh team, what, of course they what would, might happen? Because they're a much bigger team with more resources. They're a better team. Of course aren't they? they are. Well, there well, you that's, go. Well, that's, well, that's obvious. So you, can't, so you can't just say, oh, they're not playing very well. It's, you know, they're not happy and they're not very good and they can't find a, get a tune out of Lukaku. It's, there's a lot of reasons for that. There are. There are reasons for it, but there are also reasons why I think Graham Potter does a good job and he gets the very best yeah, out of what he's, he's, he's got. doing a, a reasonable job. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right, then. Well, look, you can react to that within reason. Talksport.com, text 8189. I'm not actually interested in what you've got to say. I know I'm right. I'm not. I couldn't care less. I'm not interested in the alternative view. I mean, I listened to them on breakfast this morning. I didn't agree with one word they said. You should have phoned in. Hello, Andy from Chiswick. Exactly. Hello, Uh, Gabby. Yeah, could have done that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I'm sure Adrian Durham 
uh, will be pointing out um, a very urbane, trendy-looking man at the front row at Brentford tonight in a, mm. in a, in a darkened stadium. There'll be a guy <laughs> sitting at the front looking very cool in a pair of sunglasses. And, and, uh, and as Adrian looks closer, he'll see... Blimey, that's Andy Jacobs because Andy is going to Brentford tonight to watch the Manchester United game in his they're his second team with his season ticket, and you're going to wear sunglasses, Andy. Well, a bit like this studio. Yeah, the lights are. I think it's to do with the building of, the, of where they are and how high the floodlights could be are very low. Right. And so, and they they put them on even during the day, and they're just right in your eyes, and you're. Having to spend the whole game shielding home, well, even at night, first, first world problem. But you have to shield your eyes to to watch. Well, can't the you, game. What about a baseball cap? Is well, that I'm going to try that tonight, and, and the and the sunglasses. I think I'll enjoy the game better. <laughs> a baseball? They're going to think you've come to buy the. You're a scout. <laughs> Someone's going to sidle up to you and say, who "Are you looking at?" Well, I can't really say. You know, <laughs> yeah. who you're working for? Either. I can't really say. <laughs> Do a bit of that. So sunglasses and a cap. Yeah, this I'm looking evening. forward to it. Should be good. So. Uh, Look out for that. It's going to be weird, though, because when you're not looking at the lights, when you're looking down, yeah. you're going to be looking at a game at night in sunglasses. It's very bright. Oh, okay. It's very, very Fair bright. Yeah. Quality of the floodlights, oh, obviously, yeah. good well, at Brentford. Excellent. Now, Ashley Giles' report on what went wrong in the ashes mm. will run to 10,000 words. Mm. I reckon three would do it. We were rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> you are. I'll save you a bit of time. <laughs> It's That's right. Think up the pub then, can't he? Go and have a couple of beers like some of. I mean, I don't know. Look, maybe, maybe it's me, but um, I do feel uh, there's always been a great tradition yeah. of England players and Australian players getting together for quite a long beer yeah. uh, after the game. Yeah, they look. They were told off for being a little bit noisy in the hotel, but they were outside. Mm. Uh, and I don't know. It's, it seems another oh, it's a story to beat about them with at the moment. If they'd it won does. it, nobody would have said anything. Do you remember when they won the Ashes and? Freddie Flintoff and KP and all that, you know, the drink was more than taken and yeah. nobody said anything. I mean, it's different. Laughed. I mean, you know, you didn't have COVID yeah. protocols then, but, you know, they yeah. weren't breaking a but great deal of them. They just had some it. noise complaints because they were out on a balcony. But they're yeah. saying it could cost Graham Thorpe his job. He's the one who yeah. who filmed it. He's now. in line for the middle six job anyway, so I won't worry about it. But you could say, I mean, this idea that somehow because a player like Darren <clears throat> Stevens can do well in the county <clears throat> championship at 45, there's something wrong with the county championship, but we'll talk about that later. You could say Darren Stevens would have done a lot better than the shower that went out there. How would yeah. he have done if England had picked him? He couldn't have done worse than Burns and Hamid. Could he have been worse than Hamid? I don't think he could. <laughs> and he could have bowled a few overs. Yeah, he has been getting a bit of stick. I think it's pathetic. He's a brilliant professional yeah. who deserves what he's done and he keeps himself in, in brilliant nick. Uh, the Sun had a very big piece on <coughs> Brooklyn Beckham's mm. wedding. Uh, my big question is though: Is he getting time off work to get wed? But I don't know. Are you? I, <laughs> well, he I got can't, a job, has he? I can't <laughs> see. I can't see you getting invited or them sending you a slice of cake. I'm definitely Andy. not going to be invited. I doubt you're no, going to get there. Absolutely. So, certain. how did you feel watching Emma Raducanu fight back in the third set and win? Yeah, very disappointed. <laughs> Andy said the other day. You know, you know what he's like. He said, "Oh, she'll never win another game again." Well, she has. Andy. I know. I mean, what was the forfeit you were prepared I was to pay? Annoyed when I saw that. <laughs> I prefer Harriet Dart. Because, you, as you know, I'm a big fan of the whole family. You love the darts. Stand up if you love the darts. Stand up if you love the darts. <laughs> See if you can get that going at Wimbledon. Stand up. Turn up in fancy darts, dress yeah. if she's got an old, an old group of fans going. Da, 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 I better da. go first round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's nice one minute oh, and then yes, he turns yeah, the next. Yeah. That's very much the man.
You see that York Racing have decided to try and distance themselves from Prince Andrew by announcing that the Duke of York Stakes is going to be called something different. I mean, yes. I don't think it really helps. I don't think people associate well, it wasn't certainly named after him. I think it was no, a prior... It's going to be called the 1895 Duke of York. No, not that one. No, no, the no, not that one Stakes. Yeah. OK, well, we all look Brilliant, forward to the yeah. not that one well, Stakes. That fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And Linda Rice wrote to The Sun with this oh, one. Oh, did she? Good. She said, how on earth can cops drop charges against Frank Lampard? They say there's insufficient evidence when the former footballer is pictured holding a coffee cup and a phone while driving. Once again, it proves there's one law for the rich and another for everyone else. This is the bit that got me. Australia, here I come. I don't think you'll get in. It's quite hard. <laughs> it's difficult it's at the moment. It's difficult. It is really. I'm just, I mean, I turn up at the immigration office and I think it's a point. What's her name? Linda Rice. Linda. I think it's a point system, Linda. And obviously in these days of COVID, it's become even more complicated. So the, it's turning up there saying, like, what trade have you got? What can you offer the country? Say, it's not really that. I thought Frank Lampard should have been done for drinking a coffee and holding his mobile phone. Yeah, I'm not quite sure that's enough to uh, to, to move you to Brisbane. Thanks, th- thanks for popping in. There was a great story about oh, yeah. Jamal Lowe of Bournemouth uh, yes. was, was talking about his time under Edgar Davids uh, at Barnet. Barnet, mm. a man who took no prisoners. Um, I mean, he said he was an 18-year-old kid and he said it was a training session. Um, and uh, he said, I put him a bad pass in this training mm. session. And he said, uh, Edgar Davids then sent me in from training. Oh, he said, I was, trying to set him to, uh, I was trying to set him to feet and the ball bobbled up and bounced onto his chest. He wasn't happy with that and told me, if you're going to train like that, go in. And so he just thought it was a, yeah. a jokey. But he said, no, he made him go in. Get off the pitch, What a strange, he said. <laughs> what a surprise he didn't really succeed as a manager. <laughs> what great man management skills. That's not, that's all kick up the bum, isn't it? That's all he did. Was Basically, as they went back into the dressing room, he kicked each player up the backside yeah. and not one of them would get an arm around the shoulder. But that's not great for an 18-year-old kid. He's made the point, obviously. He's picked up things since. But mm. wow. No. Uh, and news from Kensington Palace, the Duke of Cambridge, president of the Football Association, uh, this morning held a meeting with Miss Deborah Hewitt, chairman, via telephone. You think, is that a meeting or is it just a phone call? <laughs> it's not really a meeting, is it? Hello, Deborah. Prince yeah, Andrew brilliant. Here. I'm sure they Villa, caught up. Great on the weekend. Came back well. Oh, yes, they did. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Is that well, you, you were yeah. in on it, were you? I was, yeah. Marvellous. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, what else? Uh, you don't have to. It's just right. I know you like to get these well, things like off your chest. I know you got your, you got your big my main my main ones. You can listen to the podcast if you want to hear Andy's considered take on Brighton. The, the basic premise mm. was Brighton were fantastic and fully deserved the three points. But uh, no, that's not what he said at all. But you'll hear you'll hear that uh, you'll hear his thoughts on oh, that. I'm not saying Brighton weren't no. the better team. They were. Yeah, they were. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The full-time whistle at Craven Cottage. It was ruthless, it was dominant, and it's another six for Fulham. 6-2, the full-time scoreline. Yes, that's right. Um, Alfie Reynolds there uh, reporting for Talk Sport last night after uh, another huge victory. Uh, what a run they've gone on. It's so and much more enjoyable than being rubbish in the Premier League, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, look. Of course it is. Maybe that's how we'll get. Let's look. Let's let's not start on that foot. Let's be a bit more upbeat um, <laughs> and look at the situation as it stands at the moment. Sixes and sevens going in from all angles. Um, what's brought this on? Tom Greatrix joined us. A man we often turn to as vice chair of the Football Supporters Association. We may touch on something very shortly. But first, as Fulham fan, good afternoon, Tom. 
Good afternoon. He's already got your back up and struggling. <laughs> you don't want that, do you? You've got to enjoy this yeah. little period. <laughs> it's it's true, true, isn't it? It's, look, we're saying, well, well, you know, hmm. I have said before, I think it'd be quite nice if you could win the championship and then say, actually, no, we'll stay and defend it next year. Because it's <laughs> can much we, more fun. Can we <laughs> come back idea. next week, Jim? Yeah, we've had a great day. Yeah. yeah, it would be good. Um, I mean, look, it's, it's, I suppose on the face of it, it's fairly obvious. You've got a lot of quality players. And in Mitrovic, a, a, a guy who's on fire... Yeah, but he's only on fire in the championship. He never looks yeah. any good in the Premier League. That's the strange. But he's, look, like, this run, I mean, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Has it surprised you just how lethal you've been in front of goal? Um, well, it, it has in the sense that I think the last time we spoke was just before we played Sheffield United before Christmas, and uh, we lost that game, and then we had a load of games, you know, postponed because of other clubs, COVID cases, etc. So we had a bit of an enforced break, and before that break, we we played five games, we drawn four and lost one, so we were a bit. You know, worried that it might be, you know, the wheels might be coming off a bit and then it just sparked into form. And it's just been amazing to watch because we haven't actually, I know this sounds really, it might sound a bit sort of boastful, but we haven't actually played brilliantly for a whole of any of those three games. We've had, you know, scintillating 20 minute spell and scored, you know, plenty of goals as we did last night in the first half and uh, also on, on Saturday in the first half and the second half at Reading. Um, and people just couldn't play against us. It's, it's absolutely amazing to watch. So, you know, I think all the people I work with are glad we're working from home because I'd be thoroughly sick of seeing me today with a stupid grin on my face, <laughs> but enjoying the moment. Isn't it funny how a mid-season break actually does make a difference? It's funny, that, isn't it? Who would have thought it, <laughs> that's it in modern football? It certainly does help. I, I w- took a walk, a lovely walk last week, uh, all the way down to Fulham's uh, new stadium. I wanted to, I could see it in the distance. I thought, I'm going to have a look and see how it is. It's going to be impressive, that stand, and, and it'll make a difference, I think, when Fulham do come up. Yeah, well, it will, it will increase our capacity to, I think, just about 28,000, 29,000, so comfortably big enough for the size of club. Um uh, you know, it's got all the things that, you know, new facilities for corporate stuff and revenue on non-match days, which is important these days. Um, but also, actually, from a fan's perspective, it also encloses the ground a little bit more. So I think that will help even more with the, um, you know, with the acoustics and the atmosphere and being close up to the pitch. And I'm um, looking forward to getting into that stand. I think mm-hmm. should should open, I think, next season. So it mm-hmm. should be good. I think, look, you can start a dream of the Premier League again. And when you start to look at blueprints for for staying up, I mean, do you, do you look at a team like Brighton maybe rather than, than Norwich? Yeah, well, you know, we've obviously had plenty of experience of going up and then straight back down and back up and straight back down again. So we want to try and break that cycle. And I think and I hope what we might have learned from before is, you know, put some trust in the players that get you up. And actually, you know, the team that we've got now, with the exception of, Harry Wilson is basically the same side that Scott Park had last year, um, but they're playing much, much better, obviously at a level below. But, you know, now they're used to playing with each other. Can we do enough to be able to do what Brighton have done successfully for the last few years? What, you know, Brentford look like they're going to do, which is to, you know, get in, finish in the top 17 the first season up and stay up rather than have this, you know, every other year of, uh, of championship football, much as I enjoy the championship. But as Andy said, Mitrovic, I mean, look, you know, that can change. Um, but Mitrovic is a player that when he's gone into the Premier League has not scored anything like those amounts of goals. And, Which is and, odd, really, because there's chances yeah. a chance, isn't it? And has, has struggled a well, bit. Well, yeah, I mean, you see, Scott Parker, for whatever reason, last season sort of basically stopped playing Mitrovic. Uh, and it worked for a couple of games. We beat Leicester, we beat Everton. And then it then it didn't. And we were playing a, a winger who can't get into our team now as a striker. I think you know people who watch Fulham will see that Mitrovic is a much improved player this season. 
is not just banging goals, he's creating chances. He played really well. He didn't score last night. Mm. He played really well, you know, and he's, his all-round play is much, much better and he's matured as a player. So I think, you know, playing in the right system with the right coach and manager is obviously a confidence player. I suspect that we, you know, if we do manage to get up and he's with us next year, you, you might see a bit of a different Mitrovic than, than the player we saw last season in the Premier League. Um, stories today uh, about Fabio Carvalho, your um, your midfielder, mm. uh, Liverpool, Southampton, showing an interest. I mean, mm. when you speak to your fellow Fulham fans, well, yeah, do you think you can keep hold of him or not? Um, well, I, I hope so. I mean, it, we're caught as lots of clubs get caught in that situation where you've got players coming through the academy. You know, it's, as soon as agents get involved, then you know, can they get more from a move? Will they sign a contract? And you know, Fabio Cavallo is playing really well. He played really well last night. He's emerged in this season. But you know, we've had players a bit like that before. We had a guy called Patrick Roberts. People might remember a few years ago, oh, yeah. first onto the scene, got sold to Man City for big money. Didn't really do anything. He's been on loan at various places. I think he's in Sunderland, is he now? You know, this uh, been announced this last week. So he's not, you know, he's not managed to uh, to cut it at the highest level because he hasn't had the chance. I think for his development, I would have thought, you know, he'd be, he'd be as good at being at Fulham as at Southampton. And, you know, would he be able to get into that Liverpool team? Probably not straight away. He might be better off signing a contract, staying with Fulham for a, a year or so, see how it goes and then take your chances from there. He's only 19. He's got plenty of time. And he's a brilliant player and he's enjoying his football. But he's, that's because he's playing in a team with teammates, with a manager, with a coach, with a system that suits his game. And before we let you go, you've done so much at the Football Supporters Association around ticket prices. I was a bit shocked to read today that <coughs> Middlesbrough, uh, are gonna, their fans are going to be paying £45 a ticket for uh, the yep. FA Cup tie at Old Trafford. Uh, Manchester United fans will be paying the same amount and that's often how the, sort of, the, the tariff is set. I mean, I know the Tottenham-Brighton game... Our guys are charging 25 quid for that and they'll probably get a decent uh, turnout. I think most clubs have been pricing the FA Cup uh, you know, affordably and hoping to get a fuller yep. stadium. This seems a huge amount of money for a ticket for an FA Cup tie. Mm. Yeah, it does when, the, you know, the, as you know, the cap on a Premier League away uh, uh, ticket is, is £30. And there's a big contrast. Full of happen, you know, another championship team, probably more focused on the league than the cup, playing away in the fourth round in Manchester two weekends time at Man City and our tickets I think it's £10 or £15 depending on whether you're a season ticket holder mm. so there's a big contrast between those those two and I think one is doing the right thing and accepting the reality of what the, where the cup lies in priorities and one is I think hoping that what they'll do is maximise the income but that, that's not going to be good for the Middlesbrough fans having to travel on a Friday yeah. um, and it's probably going to be tourist tickets that will sell those tickets it's, it's pretty cynical really and I don't think you know I, I think people will look at that and and see it for what it is. And I think the approach that Man City are taking is much much better for a very similar mm-hmm. game than the, than the approach Man United are taking. I mean, you, I think United have said that the pricing of the tickets are in line with other clubs, but, I mean, I, I've, not, I've noticed <laughs> a straw poll. It doesn't seem to be, does it? I think most no. clubs, as we said, are charging less for FA Cup and, and getting good crowds in. Yeah, and they have to, they have to I mean, there are rules about charging the away fans for the equivalent areas the same as the home fans um, in the cup but uh, yeah I think it's it, I think they're wrong about that I don't think there's anyone else who's charging anything like that um, and in the fourth round certainly not a Premier League team hosting a championship team no. uh, in fact it's quite the opposite for the other ones I've seen when Fulham play City, there might be six goals going in, but they won't be going yeah, the other way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look out you know they'll be yeah. going in. You will see plenty of goals, Tom. Yeah. You're guaranteed that anyway. So. I, I suspect so. Yeah. Well, they, they put they put out a different side, don't they? They put yeah. out uh, they put out some of their kids in those games. Yeah, well, they, they do. do have, they do have some quality in there they as do well. As well yeah. Thanks, Tom. Good to talk to you. Great. Cheers.
Tom Greatrix there, Vice Chair of the Football Supports Association and a big Fulham fan on their incredible record-breaking run of games in the Championship with a scoring for yeah, fun. It's, it's remarkable, really. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Uh, Jason Isaacs is uh, starring in a powerful new film called Mass. I saw a couple of excerpts of it and, and heard his co-star interview. It's an incredible story, very intense, moving mm. story. Um, and delighted to say... Uh, Jason joins us now. Good afternoon, Jason. Uh, good morning, where I am. Oh, yes. But yeah, good afternoon oh, to you, right. boys. Oh, yeah. Yes, nice to talk to you again. It, yeah, I'm in Toronto in, in waist-deep snow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, at that oh, time I, of year, I, I of course. Wow. Horrendous. So the film is called Mass. It, it, it's it's I say, a, quite a claustrophobic, intense film. Uh, two sets it of... It is, pe- yeah. Well, it's, se- it's four people in a room. Yeah. Let's not pretend yeah. it's something it isn't. It's, uh, it's, it's a conversation. Yeah. Uh, mostly. Um, but it is... This is going to sound odd, ironic, like someone really selling something. Uh, you don't need to, I don't need to sell it. It's winning gazillions of awards. Look it up on Rotten Tomatoes. You'll see how good it is. But it is, um, it's the biggest film I've made in a weird way. It's a tiny budget, but it, uh, it's got the biggest response from audiences I've ever seen. Though. Like you go on the biggest emotional journey of anything I've ever been in. Like yeah. People are crying and laughing. And at the end, they're slightly floating out of the cinema, like, uh, like something almost divines happen to me it's, it's an extraordinary piece of work it, it's as you said four people in a room two sets of parents uh, there's been a, a, a mass school shooting and it's two parents of, of a boy uh, the parents of boys been killed and the two parents of of the shooter a kind of truth and reconciliation thing we've seen all around it's exactly the world. that's exactly right funnily enough it, it was inspired a lot not by school shootings but by the writer director uh, in college studied the truth and reconciliation commission in south africa and restorative justice meetings. And he just wanted to know, how do you forgive things? Mm. You know, what, what is mm. forgiveness? Because he, he's a man who, like a lot of us, who can just spend a lot of his life angry uh, or blaming people or the kind of all kinds of hatred in his heart for people he's never met. And people who, frankly, aren't going to be affected by it. The only person who's affected by carrying around a bunch of hatred is the person who's carrying it. So uh, it's about forgiveness. It's a film about the power of forgiveness. Probably, mm. I mean, a different what about the sort of guilt side from the from the parents who actually, you know, whose son actually did this. It is well, look, it's, it's a. I, I, I was oversimplifying it. It's a film about anything. It's a, you know, otherwise we could just make a bumper sticker, you know, or a hallmark card. It's a, it's a really magnificently complicated human story. But in the end, it's about forgiveness and them forgiving themselves too. They did their best as parents, you know, and. Uh, uh, and it's a film about marriage. You know, you have to forgive your partners. We, these people have behaved differently, appallingly. They've blamed each other. They've not spoken to each other. But for me and my wife going into this, uh, you know, we I'm this very typical man in it. I think that all the terrible thing that's happened to us in our life can be fixed if only I was put in charge. If I could fix the, change the laws and I could change how schools behaved, I could change how my wife reacted. If only everybody fell in line with my plans, things would be all right. And um, uh, yeah, so there's there's all these themes, guilt and shame and blame and hatred, but really it's about human contact. Mm. It's about forgiving ourselves and forgiving other people and uh, allowing, it's not religious at all, oddly, it takes place in the basement of the church, but allowing something spiritual, allowing humanity and uh, gentleness and grace to, to occupy the space between your ears. Hearing one of your co-stars, Martha Plimpton, today earlier on saying that you shot it all in 12 days so as you say you're in a kind of confined space and you've oh, shot yeah, it yeah. quite quickly no, it emotional... was very intense very, i was going to say a very emotional story it must have been pretty tough going well i mean that's you know 
there's an old uh, saying in the in the film business: nobody buys a ticket to watch the village of the happy people, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, <laughs> as an actor, you're always playing someone in an extraordinary situation, normally an extraordinary and terrible situation. Uh, you know, in situations of great conflict. Oddly, it's 20 years today since Black Hawk Down came out. And I went and trained with the Rangers and met the boys who survived. And, you know, they were for 15 hours trapped in hell, watching their friends die and trying to survive. And, you know, there's something cathartic as an actor uh, that's incredibly enjoyable, satisfying at least, uh, placing yourself in these situations of enormous crisis and emotional turmoil. And there is as an audience too you know why do we go on roller coasters because we know we're going to get off and it's going to feel great mm -hmm. and uh i've been with audiences watching this and it's available at home and in cinemas but i would urge people to see it with other people because uh you feel at the end the power of human contact you've been through a lot we went through a lot as actors but only so that the audience goes through a lot i don't know about you lot i can see a film they spent 500 million quid on it and the world blows up and aliens land mm -hmm. and it finishes and i go that, that was good should we have chinese yeah, you know, yeah, and or yeah. you can see a film and you just want to walk around for a while because mm. you've felt stuff. You've laughed, you've cried, you've thought about your own parents and children and sisters and brothers and love and stuff. And uh, that's what this is one of those films. It's a big experience. I remember yeah. feeling that all years ago in the Jack Lemon film Missing coming out of the cinema. You're right. Yeah. You just need a minute, don't you? You just have to. You know, get your breath yeah, yeah, back. No, this, I feel like that after I watched Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, and also, <laughs> sport divides people, but also we're living in pretty divided times right mm. now. You know, uh, it's never been more divided, but we made this in America a few years ago when Trump was president. Trump was a man who weaponized division and blame. That's all he ever did, but he stood up was say, you know, if your life isn't perfect, I'll tell you who to blame and then fill in the gaps, you know. Mm. And uh, it's easy to wake up in the morning if your life isn't going great. And, and focus on who you think's responsible. And the only person suffering is you because you've put that stuff in your head. Yeah. And this is a film about how, you know, about how, but this is a film in which people try and relieve themselves of that pain. Mm. We look forward to seeing it. It's, uh, it's called Mass, it's at uh, cinemas uh, and on Sky Cinema from the 20th of January. We will talk a bit of Liverpool, even though you're in Toronto, you can keep in touch. How are you, how are you feeling about the season at the moment? Well, I'll tell you how I'm feeling generally is I haven't had any sleep because I'm a tennis addict. I'm, of course, I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm not a Liverpool fan. I'm from Liverpool. It's my blood. But I'm a tennis addict, uh, which is difficult because they start playing at nine o'clock at night here and finish about uh, nine o'clock in the morning. And I'm also filming. So I haven't slept for a few nights. I'm only a few days in. Um, <laughs> Um, I thought Emma did amazingly uh, to come through uh, and she's, you know, because it was worrying that she won the US Open and then lost in first round and everything, but she's, she seems to be recovering form. I think Andy is a miracle, mm. you know, with a metal hip at 34 after years of rehab to play five sets in that heat. It's, uh, I don't know if things got a chance of winning. I hope I'm completely wrong, but just to watch that man force himself and push himself and retrieve all those balls, it's... Uh, there's something remarkable going on right now down in Australia, and yeah. we've got some real champions to cheer, I think. And what's the thing you still get recognised the most for, would you say, Jason, when you're, when you're out and about? Is it, is it, uh, is it Harry Potter? Parking badly. Parking badly. I suppose no, the, no. The, wig put, the wig put people off the scent with Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, no one recognised him Harry Potter. I see what happens. Adults recognise me from other things that are on all the time, whatever it is, Death of Stalin or the OA on Netflix or Star Trek or whatever. And then they drag these poor kids up to me <laughs> and they try and make the kids recognize me. The kids don't, I don't look like uh, Lucy Malfoy. And anyway, what am I doing standing in Sainsbury's? And it, all it does is confuse the poor children. So if you're listening to this, don't drag your child up to me. You're just going to ruin the magic. Yeah. Are you doing any more case histories? The Kate Atkinson show that I really- I'm not, we this. ran out of books, unfortunately. Ah. Uh, 
And also her books are magnificent. She's a brilliant writer. Mm. But in the books, the, he'd got married, he'd had kids, he'd won the lottery, and um, our guy stayed in his office in Edinburgh. So the two stories diverged so far, I don't know how we'd marry them. I'd love to do more. Yeah. He was an interesting guy. I loved Jackson because he got beaten up every week. <laughs> Spent his whole time. He was the opposite of a kind of Bruce Willis detective. Just every situation he went into, someone clocked him and broke his nose. <laughs> no, it was good. Uh, excellent. Well, look, good to talk to you. We wish you well with the film. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. It's a great film. I hope people watch it. They'll have a big and rare experience. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. I will be looking. We've had Rupert Bell on the telly this week. I do hope the cameras find you in your sunglasses <laughs> and your cap. They're going to think you're some sort of superstar yeah. thinking of buying Tremendous. the club, aren't they? So, I'm just uh, slightly out of camera view. It's a shame. Oh, are you yeah. really? It's when I'm just to the sort of in the middle of the half sort of set back and find you yeah. let's see if they no. can because you'll you'll be drawn to you with those shades are they mirror shades no oh okay clip that would be better uh, the what clip-ons oh you put are the clip-ons over your glass <laughs> yeah. they look a bit weird I know okay um, <laughs> uh, so look out for Andy on the on the coverage of uh, Brentford versus Manchester United I'm back with Charlie tomorrow though Andy will be here for the birthday spread do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast will be available at around four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 